Welcome to Your Grit Story Podcast, where we chat with founders, leaders, and changemakers to learn about their journey to make the future a reality. I'm Eric, your friendly host. Follow us on where you are tuning in or find us on any social media channels to catch highlights and snippets of our episodes. Let's be inspired by the stories while you create your great story. A very warm welcome to Your Great Story Podcast. This is part of the NOCA series where we revisit those who went through the NUS Overseas College program and went on to chase their passion of solving hard problems through starting up a company. And today we are very excited to have Shamanta Yen with us. Hi, Shamanta. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Shamanta <laughs> is the co-founder of a very meaningful company, Growth Beans, and we are here to learn about her journey to help others deepen self-awareness for growth and well-being. And also learn about her experience with the NUS Overseas College Program. So Shamanta, let's start this episode with you giving our listeners introduction about yourself so that we can learn more about you. On to you, Shamanta. Hi guys. Yes, I think as Eric shared, I'm a, I started Growth Beans quite a while back. It's not a solo journey. It's my twin sister. <laughs> and just this year, we also, uh, Growth Beans as an organization, we work with a few different organizations to start Growth Collective SG. I think at the end of it all, the, the key essence is how we want people to, we want to support people uh, in helping them to be more aware of themselves so that as they understand themselves more, they can build better relationships with others. They can also support others. Then we can create a world where everyone can be supported and no one has to be alone. Mm, nice. I like that quote of everybody can be supported and we are not alone, right? There's always somebody beside you or with you that you can reach out to. Just to mention something very interesting, right? You started this with your twin sister. Tell us more about that, that, that journey of starting this company with your twin sister. We have never had plans to start a company together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, actually, the, the parent company for Growth Beans is called Savoy Asia, right? And she started that first because uh, it was part of her journey of like finding the meaning of happiness and trying to create happy workplaces. In, in Singapore or like any, anywhere. And then just nice, I had my own journey of self-discovery or in the process of discovering myself. And I was looking to go into something else. And, and this, this process of finding myself came when I was, when I took a sabbatical, took no pay leave and I was in San Francisco for that period. So then when I came back, not too long after, it was her turn to take sabbatical to go to Shanghai because it's really not Shanghai, Beijing. Because no choice, like our spouses were posted overseas. And then for relationships to work and we maintain and for healthy relationships, I think it's always good to kind of like follow. It happened that when, because Savoy Asia was started in 2014. And then uh, when I stepped into Savoy Asia, it was 2015. So I say, why don't you just go and be a continuity plan? We look the same anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> you really look really identical, really, really identical, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also just a leap of faith like, because I was entering into something which I was not quite familiar with at that point in time and I was really also trying to discover. But it is also through the process of my experience leading up to that and my experience within that, as well as Shane's experience as a so-called trailing spouse in Beijing, and what else you tried there that helped us to converge our paths even more for Grove Beans to be formed. Because it, Grove Beans kind of like started as an experiment on the side as well. So I was trying something out here. She was trying something else, painting, but we we're doing it in a different manner. I was trying to go it from a, let's do it via online. That way, uh, she started by building communities. 
So uh, obviously, for any form of relationships, it's always better to have face-to-face, personal touch in communities for anything to work. So from there, we that's, that's how things started. Like we, we started to understand more about the needs of people on the ground in both uh, Beijing and in Singapore from there. And then after that, programs started to come out as a result of it. Wow. So just to mention that both of you went for sabbatical different, I mean, in different places, different time, right? Is that true? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So share with our audience, right? And, and share with me as well, right? So how does sabbatical help in helping us to align with our own passion in life? Mm. It's a good starting point to take a step back and look at the life you've led and be in a moment with yourself and the realities and where you want to go. So the hard truth for me at that point in time was that actually it threw me off. And I think it might be true for quite a lot of us. When we start work, you know, a desire to be a go-getter and you know, achieve different things, it can somehow lead us to the, I mean, lead me la, at that point, to the point of a, attaching my own personal identity so much to what I was doing within a career. Uh, even even that itself had a different spin uh, because I think I was also trying to find my identity within a career. And when I found it, then I gave it my all and found meaning within it. But when I was taking my sabbatical, I suddenly found that like crumbling down. And then I started questioning, who am I? What do I want to do? And then I started thinking of like, you know, if that day was the day I was going to retire as well, like fast forward in time, then I think I might really be hit really, really hard. Which made me think about, you know, empathy, having more compassion for those who might be in between jobs, for those who might actually be experiencing retirement. And it's only when I was in that position that I truly, okay, I wouldn't say truly, but begin to understand the pain and suffering of what it might be like. Yeah. So that kind of like got me started of like, okay, I've been doing all this, but so what for what? And then, and then <laughs> I thought I knew myself, but I didn't know myself enough. So it was a whole start to discovery. Yeah. So it's a journey of self-discovery. Can I say that we all, I mean, most of us go on a red race, right? A red race for like, I don't know, a few years maybe, right? And then realize that we are just keep chasing and chasing and chasing uh, and then climbing the ladder, corporate ladder. And then realize that actually, you know, there'll be a point where we ask ourselves, what are we chasing for? What are we going for, right? A spectacle and a break might help to realign our priorities in life or, or ask ourselves, why are we here for, right? You know, what are we passionate about, right? Um, I think, so is that your turning point in a way that sabbatical? Is that your turning point to say that, okay, I'm not going to chase any corporate uh, ladder. I'm going to just chase my passion and to do what you're doing? In a way, it was one of the key turning points. But to say, <laughs> to begin chasing my passion, it was not so, so clear cut. It started off with, uh, okay, so what exactly do I want to do then? <laughs> what can I do? What do I have to contribute? Where do I even want to contribute in? What's my interest? So kind of like when we get so busy with working, I think I'm quite a workaholic by nature in a sense. So I'm very dedicated to the work, right? That sometimes I didn't spend enough time thinking and pursuing other interests. That's why it was also a bit difficult. And then, so I started by making a whole long list of things that I've always wanted to try, things I thought were cool and and other things. And then started trying out all these different things while I was uh, overseas. Let's take a step back, right? You know, there's a saying, teamwork makes the dream work, right? And and I've interviewed founders who are siblings, brothers, sisters. I have interviewed founders who are husband and wife, right? Who are leading a company. Uh, but twins is definitely the first time, right? So how do you work with somebody um, so 
close to you, you know, physically or, or psychologically, right? How do you work with somebody that is uh, so identical to you? How? Uh, I think it's quite, it's been quite a good journey so far in the sense that we can just be very direct with one another and say it as it is. So there's already that psychological safety. And because I think at the end of it, both of us have a very clear idea of like the kind of impact that we want to make. So when we focus on that alignment or that bigger vision that we both have, everything else is just a how to get there. So it doesn't really affect our relationship per se. We can, we're able to separate that. And the, the other beauty is uh, we both have different strengths. So it's complementary. Yeah. What, what are the strengths that you and your sister has to share that complements each other? She has a lot of uh, ideas that she's very quick to put into experimentation. And she also do more of the front-facing kind of stuff, then, which is great for BD and stuff like that. Then I focus a lot more on like back-end, strengthening the foundation for scalability and yeah, the, the details. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I think that's like the, the very important uh, on the fundamental and foundational part of things. More operational in the back-end, right? Uh, whereas there's obviously the, the front-end more on the, not, not say selling, but more of kind of front-facing to the customers and partnerships as well. Cool, cool, cool. Let's talk about, let's rewind the clock, right? To more than 10 years ago, right? To the NUS Overseas College Program that you were in, that we, that we were in, right? So I was in a college program in 2011, about 11 years ago. Why don't you share a bit about this program, which when you were in this program and how it helped you in this journey? <laughs> okay, I went, I was in, a, I went to Philadelphia in 2006. And I think that was a, it is, is a really wonderful program because it brought me into a whole new world of like exploring about startups and businesses and moving from, okay, so, so last time I'm from a cheaper science stream, right? Then after that, when I moved into the arts and social science stream, it already broke out some limiting beliefs I had that everything is a black and white world into a gray world. Then when I moved and got exposed to the whole NUS overseas college program, it broke that down further that anything is possible. If you want to go and build it, it's about setting some foundations in place. That's the only structure you probably will have. And then after that, uh, figure out along the way and pivot. So I think the program provided quite a lot of a good foundation and understanding for like some of the pieces you need to have in place towards starting up and also seeing how like the different startups over there and where they get their ideas from, what inspires them, how they keep on working towards their beliefs. I think that was all very inspiring. And the startup I was in, okay, it wasn't really startup, startup already by then because it was about 20, 30 men team. But even there, seeing when I was in the company, there was also a, a point in time when they were looking at their business model and whether they need to pivot. So being part of that conversation with them and seeing how they make some key decisions, that itself was, uh, I think, a good experience. Yeah, for sure. As, as, as interns, right? You know, and we were like super young, to be honest, at the point of time <laughs> to be part of a strategic conversation, a meeting of a startup that they are trying to, you know, be go for growth, right? I think that's definitely a very interesting experience for sure. Um, just as so you mentioned that there are a lot of pieces that, you know, you learn in that one year stint. Could you share, you know, some of one or a few of the pieces uh, or even some activities during that one year stint that stays with you till today. I know it's quite long ago, uh, <laughs> quite a while ago. I mean, if you have something to share, uh, please feel free to share. Or an experience would be good. Okay. 
I, I, I do remember going for all the different lectures and like uh, the business case studies and also taking part in some of that with our teammates. But I think I think the one one thing that actually sticks with me is all still going back to that particular instance with the company where oh actually there's two things. But okay, the, the first one was going back to that company which I was interning with, and then they brought all the stuff together with a consultant to gain insights from what the team wants and what where the team sees the company moving forward towards. Which like on hindsight, I think it's really important because there is two elements that's really key, right? It's looking at like the opportunities around us and like the different problems we want to tackle. But at the same time, looking at what what the team believes in, what the strengths of the team is as well. Because if there's only one person like who's really pushing for it and everyone else is gearing in the other direction, then there's not much synergy. So it really taught me about the importance of like that that whole alignment and really hearing the voices of every single person of the team. Yeah, I mean, that's important to, to really hear the voices of the team members, right? And you were in uh, UPenn, right? Yeah, correct. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that's, that's interesting. You know, if there's one word, right? If there's one word to describe your one year experience in NOC, what is that word and why? One word, uh, can I just say breaking out of the box? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's all in dash, so there's one word. <laughs> <laughs> so why? why why breaking out of the box because it's i think for anyone we could all be all at, at different levels of comfort in different things and that entire experience itself it's about stepping out of comfort zone and being open to seeing things in different perspective being open to different experience so so then i i always believe that like the, the person that we are today is very much shaped by our beliefs and mindset right experiences that you had definitely i think how my thought process today is still kind of formulated by experiences that I had during my NOC experience. I believe that uh, that is uh, also for, for you as well. Let's fast forward, right, to today, to the problem you're solving today or the, the impact you're making, right, together with Shane and the team. Could you describe what is the core problem uh, you're solving? So, so the tagline in Growth Beans is self-awareness for growth and well-being. And... So there are a few different things. A lot of times we might feel a bit lost and uncertain and then we feel like life is meaningless. Uh, but actually, and, and then sometimes there is a tendency to wish for someone to tell us that, what to do. Or even when we don't have any confidence in ourselves for whatever reason because of that limiting belief, then it's, it's, it's like our inner critic comes and eats us up and it holds us back from doing a lot of different things. And it could also very much affect our well-being um, if we do not know how to regulate it on the emotional side. And then when that also happens, we tend to withdraw from our relationships and then that affects us even more. So it, it all kind of like adds up to impact our entire well-being per se. But I think one of the key things that sometimes we forget is that we actually are the master of our life and we do have a, have control over it. So if we can't find it, we can create it. And then from there, piece the pieces together of what we want to be, who we want to be, which also requires us to sometimes break out of our comfort zone. Because uh, one of the key things that we also realize is, you know, the whole sunk cost fallacy thing, because I really invested so much of my time and years into a particular area, it's harder to actually jump out of it and try something new. Then we, we become our own uh, barrier, right, to opportunities and to experience different things. And what we think we like is only limited by our past experience. Only when we try, keep trying new things that we realize more about ourselves, more about our strengths. So for example, last time I can never imagine I would do like product 
development or program design. I thought I hated it. But the more I do it, then I realized it actually is a strength. Uh, actually, I like it. And then through that, we kind of like discover ourselves even more. And as we do more of it, we become more of who we are meant to be. So it's a realization of uh, a strength that you didn't know that you have, right? And after doing it, you realize that, oh, actually, I'm quite good at doing it. I enjoy doing it. And I enjoy doing it and using that to impact people, right? I think that's also a motivation uh, of that effort as well. Share with us a few, you know, strategies or, or some initiatives that you have um, to drive this self-awareness uh, for growth and well-being as well. Mm. Just, just to sum up the earlier part as well. So, so kind of like understanding all these things around, it's, it's kind of like trying to bring that circle of control back within the individual or the influence. And sometimes it's just uh, showing them the way of the how to get there. Different ways in which we do it, either one-to-one coaching or group coaching or uh, through the different programs. And if we talk about specific strategies, one of it is, of course, start exploring different things. And I think uh, reflecting on it is actually quite powerful to see the patterns in our lives. Patterns in what we like and what we dislike, but not just that. I think when we also take a step back to look at what we are constantly triggered by, what we are constantly excited by what we are constantly drawn to and, you know, like uh, how we make certain decisions, it gives us an insight as to the person that we are today. But some of the decisions that we've ever made could be things that we actually don't like. And it keeps us in a certain cycle. And when we can actually break it, then uh, it helps us to move into something. I think I might be trying something new, right? But when I take a step back and I look, hey, actually all the things that I've been trying are actually only within this area. There's so many different other areas I've not tried. Then it's a key question of, do I want to try all these other areas? Or actually all these different areas in which I'm constantly trying really speaks to my own passion and purpose. And there's something underlying it that draws me to that. Then if I have that clarity of like, yeah, I'm making a decision that I, for now, I just want to explore more of these Things which I think I'm trying new, but actually is similar. It will bring me to a next level of discovery. Wow. It feels like a mini workshop here, which I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, to be, to, I mean, it really reminds me of this podcast I'm doing also, right? It's something really, really new for me. I've never done a podcast. I've never really gone to, to interview people like that. But I think what kind of drives me is that whenever I kind of walk past a bakery or, or come to a website or an app, I always think about who is the one behind this? Who is the one behind this app or this bakery? You know, creating impact. And, and making making food for people, making features for people to enjoy it as well. So I think that as well, I think I'll definitely encourage any listeners who are listening to this podcast that, you know, try try new things, meet new people as well, right? I think that will also uh, allow us to explore. Let's talk about li- a bit about the growth collective that you recently are working on. There are a few things that you're you are doing to create communities or to bring people together in a meaningful uh, fashion. Could you share a bit more deeper into that? Hmm. So... I think this is about collaboration. So, you know, for the past few years, earlier on, we talked about how uh, we were trying out different things when Growth Beans first started. And that included uh, the Growth Beans sharing circle and coaching circle. And we wanted to try to form communities. But I think on our own, there's only so much we can do. And in order to make greater impact, then that's where we started thinking, of how can we uh, collaborate with others? A few different other organizations like CPSS, SUSS, Empathel, SGSS, Psychosocial Initiative, SACS, as well as Group B. So we came together and I think what, what really aligns us in this collaboration is we really want to support the well-being of people in Singapore, but through a growth angle. So growth angle meaning 
where we can start to understand ourselves from the emotional level as well as psychological level, social level, and ritual level. And as we understand ourselves this way, we grow individually. But as we go about understanding ourselves in this way, we are also equipping ourselves with certain kind of skill sets, people skills that enables us to support others around us. So growth and well-being, like we think about anyone around us could actually be needing some form of support at any point in time. Um, it could be our parents, it could be our siblings, it could be our nephews, it could be our neighbors, it could be our colleagues at work, anyone, anyone along the streets. And we've also heard of like how people might have experienced meeting someone, but we're not sure how to go about supporting. Uh, we're not sure whether we'll say the wrong thing or maybe we actually end up supporting by a backfires. And it's partly because uh, of some skills that we have which can potentially be enhanced to help us to have more compassion, more empathy, more understanding, more connection with the other person. Yeah. And that, in essence, is uh, what we hope to do like, in terms of building that inner resource and capacity for anyone to be there for anyone. Right. Yeah. That's uh, very meaningful and impactful to, to really understand that. The growth is really impacting lives through this channel. Let's talk about like, just to mention about collaborations and partnership, right? So how do we find, you know, right partners to work with? Or maybe you have a next initiative. How do you find the right partners to work with in following initiatives? So I, I can share like a, for the Growth Collective SG, because I think it's one of the biggest like collaboration and partnership we've had so far. And I mean, as I say this, I also can think of another partnership we had. And I think it all boils down to the same thing. <laughs> it's uh, the, the vision and as well as values. There is a common desire to really want to um, make impact and the way we hope to do it. So the end goal is the same. How we get there could be different, but having that trust and creating that trust and openness to really talk through things and discuss and debate. And I think that's really key. Yeah. I think mentioned about um, common values as well as trust that brings uh, people together to collaborate, right? Organizations together to, to collaborate, have a line of vision as well, right? Um, and then that kind of unlock opportunities for each other to create more impact together, right? As we, as we wrap up, just final couple of questions, you know. Uh, so if there is one biggest lesson you learned in this journey of creating, running growth beans, what is it? We, if you can imagine it, you can make it happen. Okay, cool. If you can imagine it, you can make it happen. Nice. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. I love that. <laughs> the reason why I say that, nah. <laughs> and that's also very much tied to that whole limiting belief thing because for as long as we like limit ourselves and don't dare to imagine and dream, that's going to hold us back in a lot of different ways. Whether it's about actually taking the action, whether it's about learning, whether it's about meeting people. So, so when we can imagine it and believe in it so that it is with the optimism and belief you can do it, that trust in yourself, to kind of like shut off those limiting beliefs. And then after that, you take that small steps. And every small step brings you one step closer to what you really want to happen. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for that. It's really insightful and inspirational as well. That's really cool. I really hold, hold that close to my heart. Yeah, I remember that right now. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap up, uh, this last question here is, what is one piece of advice you would like to give to our listeners here who are running meaningful initiatives on the ground? I think... Uh, for anyone who is running on the ground, I mean, meaningful initiatives on the ground, whether you're doing it on your own or with a group of people or with organizations, I think it's very important to self-care because we give so much to others. Sometimes we may forget about ourselves 
And someone mentioned this to me just today. You are your only asset. Oh, that's so dear. Yeah. Yeah. Self-care is so important. And everybody, a lot of people forget about that, right? Yeah. That is the awesome reminder for you and I and for everybody listening to this as well. Self-care. Care about yourself as well, right? You know, don't lose that. Cool. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Mento, for sharing your experience and sharing so many insights um, as well, right? I feel like a mini workshop here, but definitely we'll want to have a full-fledged one with you one day. <laughs> thank you so much, Mento. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Your Grit Story Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Chase your dreams, live out your passion, and discover your grit story.